Do you ever find yourself confused when it comes to health and fitness? Have you been searching relentlessly on the most effective ways to achieve your fitness-related goals, only to find yourself even more frustrated? Well, we've got you covered. It's time to learn from the best, shorten your learning curve, and truly understand how to achieve your goals without spinning your wheels and wasting precious time. Welcome to the Minimum Effective Dose Podcast. Welcome back to the Minimum Effective Dose Podcast. I am one of your co-hosts, Mike Perry, and I'm here with the infamous Brett Jones. Infamous. Infame. He, infamous. He's so famous. He's he's infamous. He Three is. amigos. Three amigos. Come on, dude. It's a mail plane. How do you know? <laughs> Sorry. It, that's that's one of the best lines. That is one of the best lines. Um, anyways, sorry. I, I I said that joke to my kids at one point and they're like, I don't get it. I was like, you will. You'll you will. get it down the road. <laughs> so uh, today we're not talking about Three Amigos, although maybe we should dedicate a podcast because that was a tremendous movie, right? Steve Martin, Chevy Chase, and what was the other guy's name? Uh, Martin Short. Martin Short. I mean, you, it doesn't get much better than that. Brilliant. I mean, just comedic brilliance. It, it is really good. I'm gonna have to go back and see that one again. I'm not sure. Would you uh, say that I have a plethora, plethora of, of pinatas? <laughs> Great, El Guapo. And we're off the rails right off the start. All right, so Beautiful. we're not gonna cut that out because now people are starting to actually understand that we just thrive on movie quotes and shenanigans. Um, today we're gonna be talking about two different exercises with the kettlebell. The kettlebell clean and the kettlebell snatch. And we're gonna talk about sort of common mistakes that people make with both of those exercises. Now, Brett's been doing this a lot longer than I have. I've learned a ton from Brett. So I'm gonna have Brett start off. We're gonna talk about the clean and we're gonna spend a little bit of time on that. And then we will move over to the uh, to the kettlebell snatch and we'll we'll have a little, a little chat about those two exercises. So Brett, the kettlebell clean, give us the most amazing statement on the kettlebell clean. <laughs> uh cleaning up your clean is very important um so i'm actually going to start the conversation on the clean by talking about the kettlebell snatch because at some point it became popular to say that the kettlebell snatch was a swing that ended up overhead but what this got people doing is projecting the bell very far away from them and having this big arc on the way up uh the kettlebell snatch is not a swing that ends up overhead. The kettlebell snatch is a clean that ends up overhead. And you won't be able to see this, but I'm holding up my copy of the original RKC book uh, by Pavel. That was Pavel, Pavel. Oh, that, that produced Pavel. that guy, uh, which this one says copyright 2001. Um, so this has been out for a while. And uh, first edition, June 2001. Yeah, so it's been out for a little while. And um, in that book, describing the kettlebell snatch, he describes it as a clean that ends up continues overhead. And so we've kind of come first full circle. We've come back around to the original. And the clean is such a foundational movement, uh, but it has some really unique differences from the swing. The hip hinge is the same. But how we're directing that bell, and, and you know, I love Stu McGill's uh, concept of steering strength. 
and <clears throat> how we direct and move force through the body. And the clean is really kind of this master class of steering strength through your body uh, in a way that's smooth, athletic, and doesn't beat you up. And uh, I think maybe we all came through the first couple of times trying to clean on our own and getting the little bruise on our wrist. And um, we've come a long way in, in teaching this. And I, in some of the webinars and when I teach uh, the clean, I like to say I have a five-step process for teaching the clean. Cheat clean, cheat clean, cheat clean, cheat clean, dead clean. And seriously, by the time you, and I've done this with students, if some of my students are listening, they may recognize that when we started on iron cardio or clean and press, uh, I taught them how to cheat clean. <clears throat> and then I left them alone. I let them cheat clean for weeks. And one of two things happens. They start cleaning the bell on their own because they're tired of doing the cheat clean or it's about a five minute process to take them from the cheat clean to the clean because uh, we've set that foundation with the cheat clean. And what the cheat clean does is it really teaches you how to tame that arc and gives you that opportunity to not overgun the clean um, because now we can create a separation between the swing and the clean. If you bring the hip power of a swing, this is one of the biggest mistakes um, for getting Sarah Marshall uh, do less, do more, but do less, do more, but do less. That's the clean in a nutshell. Oh, I'm in a nutshell <laughs> again. Um, again, I got to do it every time. Um, if you bring the hip power and projection of force of the swing to your clean, uh, you're going to bang yourself up. You're going to do too much. And so if you can create that separation via the cheat clean, you can continue to work on your swing, but you can continue to build your clean because you're not going to project the bell far away from you. You're not going to overpower it. Um, and you can really learn how to just very softly bring that bell right up into the clean position. So the best way to learn the clean is don't clean it. Cheat clean it. Very good. So you've taught this a few times, huh? Couple. Couple. So yeah, you know, with the bruising of the hand, usually or the wrist, um, you know, with me, I actually just dented the kettlebell. Um, so I never had any, any, any bruises, but you know, that's just cause I'm very manly. No. Um, yeah, we've all done it. We've always, we've all banged the wrist up and actually gotten to the point where, you know, it's a good thing. And is, is that, that part of the wrist where you tend to, to, to rest that kettlebell, it's actually a similar position to when you get people in a really good footlock. So I've, I've built up that nice durability where I can try to break people's ankles and feet and jujitsu. So it's a lot of fun. Um, so yeah, let's, let's talk about the clean a little bit. So it, it's tough because one of the things that we teach in hard style kettlebell is a very aggressive hip snap, right? We want power from the hips. And I think the hard part for a lot of people is they do this, this two-handed or one-handed ballistic swing in which we have that sort of nice arc. And then we're saying, well, yeah, we want you to be really powerful, but we only want it to go halfway up your body. So it is this, it is this acceleration and braking system that has to be in check because like you said, people overgun the clean and next thing you know, it flips end over end or it comes up over their head. So it's, I think that's one of the reasons why people have a tough time with the clean is, is simply the, the kettlebell's not going that far, but you have to be aggressive. So it's knowing when to 
add enough hip snap to get that kettlebell into the rack position, but not overshoot it. So it is really a nice lesson in intention and relaxation because you have to tense and relax very, very quickly. Um, whereas a snatch, you have a little bit more time and you can use a little bit more effort because the kettlebell is going essentially almost double the distance in the snatch than it would in the clean. So that's one thing that I've noticed too, with a lot of people is it's just, you know, you're asking them to really be explosive, but only go to here. And it's, it's just hard for a lot of people. And, uh, you mentioned the arc, um, and, and I wrote a, a post a long time ago and, and it was on the strong first, uh, Instagram too, is about sort of the distance, the kettlebell is from your body is, is going to be different with the clean, with the snatch and with the swing and, and with the clean. And, and, and one of the things that I always teach, and it's, it's, it's definitely more nuanced to this, but when you're cleaning a kettlebell, you almost want that kettlebell to go vertically right up your torso. It is the shape of like a lowercase J, you know, you comes underneath the legs, come right up in the snatch. From what I found is that because you are going overhead, it's a little bit further away from the body than the clean, but not much. And, uh, and then lastly, you've got sort of the swing, which is where the kettlebell is the furthest away from your body. So part of it is just learning how to tame that sort of arc, but in, in Olympic lifting, we call it the S curve, right? Being able to mm -hmm. clear the knees and clear the shins and et cetera. But, um, it's very important to, to nail down that, that trajectory of the bell, because it does set up specifically in the clean what's next, whether you're doing a press, whether you're doing a, a you know, a a single kettlebell front squat, whether you're doing a push press. So landing in that position and landing in that spring loaded position where you're in that vertical plank where you're, you know, everything's locked in and the kettlebell becomes a part of you. And then you have the opportunity to project or move that kettlebell. If you're going overhead, you could, you could do whatever option you want, but at the same time, we've got our, you know, our front squat where again, we want that kettlebell nice and tight to the body. So it becomes uh, one unit. Um, another thing that I think people get confused on with, with the clean is in a kettlebell clean, it, it actually rotates almost like on an orbit, right. Versus an end over end flip with, with a snatch. And that's something that I think people try to do is they learn a snatch and they flip it end over end, and then they go to their clean and they try to flip it end over end and it doesn't work. So understanding the, you know, I always try to teach people, Hey, listen, in general, a snatch is it's going to flip. And then on a clean, it's going to rotate. And that's sort of one thing that I think helps a lot of people when they can understand while well, the bell is actually doing two different things. Right. And I like to refer that <clears throat> refer to that as rolling. The bell rolls up yep. to the to the wrist. And so the and again, coming back to the cheat clean, if you do a good job introducing the clean with the cheat clean, you really eliminate a lot of these uh, uh, issues. We want the hips to be crisp but it's appropriate. And so one of the, one of the things we'll tell them is to uh, um, is clean the bell to your hip. Don't clean the bell to your shoulder, clean it to your hip. And that usually gets people to come back down and it's a, it's a balance, right? So you might get somebody so dialed down in their power. Uh, so if we look at a one to 10 scale, 10 being max effort, one being, eh, I kind of tried, uh, you know, the clean might be at a two, Mm -hmm. uh, a one and a half or two, you might have your most powerful swing at a seven. Um, so there's a big difference. So you may actually get to the point in trying to tame the power in the clean to where maybe the hips don't finish all the way. Maybe there's just a little bit of kind of incomplete fine. I'll take that in the learning process to get somebody down to that one and a half or two that they need 
to efficiently clean, but a one and a half or a two is not slow. It's not sloppy. It's still crisp. I come back to a kind of a boxing analogy where we talk about uh, the jab, two kinds of jabs. There's one where I just, I want to know where you are so I can set you up for the next thing. And there's one where I want you to know I'm here and I'm going to snap your head back with the jab. Mm -hmm. The, the unfortunate thing is you don't know which one's coming till it hits you. Yep. And that's how efficient the clean should be. That's how efficient these hip snaps should be. Um, that the, if you removed the arms from the photo, you wouldn't know whether you were cleaning or swinging, uh, based on the hinge position and, and things like that. So it's just being willing to be sneaky with the bell, roll it up there, nice and efficient. You want it to just be this really nice, smooth, crisp, athletic thing. Um, I, I have been told that people covet my clean that they they um, think I do a pretty good job of it. And um, I it just it's well 20 some odd years in now. It's just the supernatural, not not supernatural as in woo, ghost stranger things. In, yeah, exactly. Uh, it's just it's very natural. I'll, I'll eliminate the super. The clean is just very natural for me now. It's just roll them up. And uh, every move I make uh, in training has a sound effect and that's the clean sound effect. There you go. I thought you were going to, I thought there was going to be a police sting reference when you said every move I make. So, um, that didn't happen. You almost went there. Uh, creepy stalker song, by the way. Is it? Is Mm -hmm. that what it's about? Mm -hmm. Every breath you take, every move you make, I'll be watching you. Yeah. It's not a love song. (laughs) Well, I mean, it's a one-sided love song. (laughs) Brilliant. Um, uh, anyways, uh, <laughs> sorry. I, I, I just have like all this stuff going through my head anyways. Oh, a couple things about the clean, um, disconnecting the shoulder. And we see people do this all the time. We've, they've got a good hip snap, but they're not using their lat to really connect everything to the torso. And they tend to finish by rolling their shoulder or doing this sort of explosive shrug and mm-hmm. This is why, and we, we talk about this all the time, going back to the deadlift. Well, going back to a one-arm deadlift and actually placing that kettlebell slightly behind where it forces you to really engage your lat, doing a handful of those beforehand to feel that connection is a nice way to feel what, what you're supposed to be feeling on a clean. Because I see a lot of people and they're like, oh, I do cleans and my neck hurts. And of course, they don't use enough hip snap. They lose the connection of their lat and then they just do this explosive shrug. Um, and it's really tough to fix if they've been doing that for a while, because you do that with one arm, it's not going to go so great. But if you do it with two kettlebells, then it's going to fly around and you're just going to look incredibly goofy when you're trying to get that kettlebell into the rack position. So having a really, really nice, whether it's a double kettlebell deadlift, single uh, kettlebell deadlift, or even just getting set up for, um, you know, swings, you got to make sure that that's connected because that is where, the hips do what they're supposed to do. And we want to sort of eliminate that shrug. We're not talking about that shrugging is bad. Now in, in, in the world of Olympic lifting, you want triple extension and you want that shrug, right? But in, in kettlebell lifting, you do not want that. It's, it's, it's simply, it's not necessarily effective. So that's, that's one part of it that I think people miss all the time. And then they overuse their shoulder and then they start to get grumpy shoulders. So that's just, 
it happens far, far too often. Um, a, a Q, and we've talked about this a little bit, and I've seen several other um, SFGs talk about it, doing like a, a one-arm deadlift and then doing some, you know, one-arm bent rows to kind of get that blood pumping and feeling the lat and then going right into the clean. And that's a nice little way to, to sort of get your body adapted to feeling what you're supposed to be feeling. Um, and, and I think there's also a subtle thing that happens is as that kettlebell comes up, the elbow actually slides slightly back on the rib cage and the shoulder extends. Um, and that's, that's a nice way to keep that kettlebell tight to you. Cause as that kettlebell is coming up the torso, one of the simplest ways to keep it nice and tight is just by bringing your elbow slightly back as the kettlebell elevates towards your chest. So it's a one little cue that I found that helped a lot of people of just teaching them how to slide their elbow on their rib cage back and forth. And when you extend the shoulder and you have your hand on the kettlebell, that kettlebell is naturally going to migrate towards your torso and get a tighter arc. So the, uh, cheat clean again is an effective you like tool the cheat for clean? me. Brett, do you like I, the cheat clean? I'm, I'm a big fan. Uh, so I, I think the cheat clean is a helpful tool there and what we call the mid pull, uh, for understanding that on the way up. Um, and, and again, if, if you skipped the cheat clean, I think you'll come in with more of these issues, the, the shrug of the shoulder, the overdoing the clean, you know, things like that. Um, it really just short circuits a lot of these things before they can become an issue. Uh, one of the, uh, we're going to. Uh, I want to talk about one more thing on the way up and then we'll talk about the drop uh, on the way up. We see what we call disco hips. And so what you'll get is this kind of shifty yeah. sort of one-sided hip. Like it's it. And, and if you just think disco hips, you'll, you'll probably come up with it. Uh, it's like, you know, doing the twist, right. Where at, during the clean, there's kind of this one-sided whip action that happens um, in order to bring the, bring the bell up. And so, you want that to be, and this is kind of a weird thing with the clean. It's actually easier to learn with two bells. Uh, and I, single bell clean is can be more difficult for people to to get, although if they spend enough time on the cheat clean, it shouldn't be. Um, but it with double bells, you're not going to disco hip, right? So you're going to be able to kind of learn the clean, bring it up there efficiently. It has enough load to it typically to where the over gunning really doesn't happen you're able to kind of start introducing the clean in, in a different way. So there are times where we'll skip a single bell progression and get to the double bell progression quicker because it's actually easier for people to learn. But once you're up uh, in the rack, dropping the bell is very important. And two big mistakes there, people kind of project it away, get, they get yeah, into that. Cast really, it. They cast it and get into that big arc again. They almost kind of ballistically shove it off of them or they, dump the shoulder and think that they need to help the bell. Gravity is awesome. It's okay. like this, it's a super cool, consistent thing that uh, is going to always be there for you. And once you've got the bell on the rack, if you just drop the elbow a little bit, um, you like to call it, you know, sliding that elbow back along the ribs. Gravity is going to help you out. The bell's going down. <laughs> so all you got to do is not be in the way. And kind of drop that elbow a little bit, guide it back into the hips, nice and soft. If you were uh, Pavel, uh, I was asked on a podcast recently about you know my first RKC experience in February of 02. And uh, we were out in the parking lot throwing water balloons at each other at nine o'clock at night when it was about 30 degrees in Minnesota. Um, and the reason we were doing that is if you if you want to catch the water balloon and be able to throw it back, 
you learn how to absorb force. You learn how to catch it and absorb rather than have stone hands and bang, just try to catch it uh, with with stone hands and boom, you're going to get wet. Water balloon is going to pop. So the drop of the clean <laughs> in snatch is like catching a water balloon. You want to direct it back into the hips, absorb that force as you hinge and into that over um, loaded eccentric and be able to turn that around into the next clean. So the drop should be one of the easiest things we do because hello, gravity, all you got to do is drop the elbow, bell's coming down. Now, now you just guide it um, back into the hips. So um, again, do less. People think they need to help and 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 do something dramatic out of the 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 top into the drop. You just slide your elbow down a little bit; it's coming down. So yeah, so one of the things that I'll teach is, hey, listen on the on the drop, it's going your thumbs are going to go down, and on the top in the rack, your thumbs up. So it's thumb down, thumb up. Just very very simple way to look at it. Um, and and another thing, the water balloon story that that. Was that Pavel that brought that up? Because that doesn't seem like a Pavel move. Oh yeah, no, that's that was a, Pavel. That's, really, that was that was Pavel. Oh, wow, yeah. that's that that that's uh that doesn't seem like something Pavel would do, but that's awesome. It's a great idea. I used to use the idea of an egg toss, that egg toss game that used to play growing mm -hmm. up. Same idea, and you yep. get automatic feedback. Same same idea. I, I think water balloons are probably a little bit better than eggs, well, especially um, when it's uh, below freezing in, exactly. in Minnesota. Um, so if you think about it from that standpoint, it's very Pavel. Yeah, yeah, actually, you're right. Yes, yeah, so it was. Uh, well, uh, we have some stories of our our leadership meeting in Denver. Let's just say um, we won't we won't share those stories, but Correct. let's just say uh, it was interesting. Um, anyways, Oop, moving on, moving on. Um, <laughs> the kettlebell snatch. Uh, yes. It is my favorite kettlebell exercise out of all of the the exercises um, that I've learned. I love the kettlebell snatch, and and for me, I think it is. For my sport, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, it is my favorite, and uh, I've I've dug deep into the snatch. I've broken it down. I've done. Um, there's actually a bunch of videos on the Strong First uh, Instagram on how we break down and we talk about, you know, the positioning. But I, I think one of the reasons why the snatch is so popular is because the snatch test, right? I mean, we've talked in uh, several times about sort of my experience, and you know, I did what most people do: try to get ready for the snatch test. That's all I really prepared for. Um, and that's the one thing that just, you, you talk snatch test to anybody that's never done it or getting ready to do it. And you could just see the sweat coming down and, and, uh, you know, you can see the anxiety setting in, but, uh, I gotta tell you though, it's, um, to me, it is the most powerful ballistic GPP exercise that you can get with a single belt. In my opinion, um, I just, for me, it's always, it's always felt, uh, smooth and fluid and, it just felt very natural to me. And, uh, I've done some, some pretty interesting <laughs> snatch training protocols, Viking warrior conditioning, where you're doing eight reps every 15 seconds with a 24 for like 40 minutes. Like I did the entire thing. Um, not sure if that was the smartest decision on my part, but I was just like, I'm going to do that because it's hard, but, um, common mistakes on the snatch, Brett, besides, uh, you know, besides, the stuff that we see on the clean, you can't say cheat clean on this because I know you like the cheat clean, but what are, <laughs> what are your, what are your common mistakes that you see, uh, with, with the kettlebell snatch? Uh, first and foremost, not having set the foundation for the snatch. So you do need to have a great swing. You do need to have a great clean. You need to own the overhead position via the get up in the military press. 
And if you haven't been through that progression and you don't know, uh, you know, your, your swing is still in progress. You're, you're still working on your hip hinge. You know, you just got excited. You skipped steps and you went to the, to the snatch too soon. Stop snatching, rewind, um, spend some time mastering the overhead position via the get up in the military press, you know, really nail the, uh, the hip action of, and power of the swing uh, to snatch efficiently, you need to be able to swing that bell to head level or just over in order to produce enough power in your hip hinge, in your hip, hip snap, to be able to put the bell overhead efficiently. If you've always restricted yourself to chest level in your swings, you're going to need to open up the throttle a little bit and get to the point where you can swing that bell to head level or just above. You need to master the clean because you need to understand what it's like to control the drop to roll it up efficiently into the clean. Then the process of extending that clean to the overhead position becomes very accessible. So mistake number one, you skip steps. And it's something Gray always says. He says, uh, uh, let me correct myself. Gray always says, I might skip steps, but I don't miss steps. If you go to the snatch too soon, you've missed steps yeah. if you haven't mastered the clean if you can't swing the bell to head level if you don't own the overhead position via the get up in the military press so most of the problems you're going to have in the in the snatch are because you miss steps so don't miss steps um number two is uh you treat the the snatch like a sprint so you're not really nailing the overhead position you've got a big arc because if you start light and, and I see this happen at different points for males and females. If you start light with your snatches, which I do recommend uh, to, to kind of understand the pattern a little bit, you can get it overhead any way you want. Uh, you give me a 16 or 20 kilo bell. There's a bunch of different ways I can have a huge arc and put it overhead. Um, for ladies, the 12 kilo is a weight that typically they can just swing overhead. And okay, that's one way to get it there. But then you try that same arc and that same path with the 16 kilo and things don't go so well. You know, guys step up to the 24 or the 28, things don't go so well. So um, understanding that at a, up to a certain weight, um, you're going to be able to make some mistakes that are going to really, you're going to pay for as, as you go heavier. So my favorite drill for correcting most mistakes from the snatch, where I was such a huge fan of the cheat clean in the clean it's snatching in front of a curtain. So you establish your cubit plus distance, which is your full forearm plus fingers extended plus an inch or two distance from a curtain. And notice I am saying curtain, not a wall, not wall <laughs> or mirrors or mirrors. I'm saying curtain. So if the bell does hit it, it's a curtain. It doesn't get hurt. Uh, yoga mat, exercise mat, um, curtain, beach towel, whatever, um, some sort of linen-ish object that is hung over uh, a, a squat rack or a pull-up bar or something where you have space uh, behind it. Get appropriately distanced from that curtain and you will tame the arc and you will tame the arc on the drop. Um, so that's... There you go. <laughs> there you go. So do that. Do more, but do, do that. What was his yeah, name? Sure. Hunu? Was his name Hunu? Was it Hunu? I think so. It was Paul Rudd, wasn't it? Yeah. 
yeah, yeah. great 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 actor um so you know the beauty of the curtain drill is you get immediate feedback and and i think when it comes to teaching someone how to train with kettlebells anytime you can put them in a scenario where they get immediate feedback and instead of telling them hey don't do this um i think in the world of coaching we talk too much and we overcoach and we we over communicate rather than trying to put our athletes and students in the position to learn and make the the mistakes on their own and when i say make mistakes it's not a bad thing like we're all going to make mistakes, but that's part of the learning process. And the faster you can get feedback and the faster you become aware of what's happening, the faster you can acquire that skill and make the changes to become better at that specific skill. So uh, awareness is key. And we talk about this too, in the world of corrective exercise, you know, once you can make someone aware or they become self-aware that they're limited here or something's coming up, then that's your window and that's your opportunity to make a positive change in whatever they're doing. So it's all about awareness and feedback and saying, don't do that, or that's wrong. It's if anything, you're just going to frustrate someone. And, and when it comes to coaching, um, most people don't want to be told that they're doing things wrong. Just put them in a scenario, say, Hey, try this and they'll figure it out. And the cool is they'll, if they start to figure it out and self self-manage and self-correct, they're going to have more ownership with their practice. So when they do go home and practice, it's going to stick because they, they shouldn't have to rely on their coach going, do this, do this, do this. And yes, if someone has to go back and, and, you know, get a, you know, a quick session in to, to go over technique, that's fine. But um, putting them in a scenario where they're just going to learn and, and react and, and make those, those changes on the fly, I think is, is one of the most powerful ways that you can, um, you can help someone and, and give the, the athlete, the opportunity to learn and, and teach them how to fish. Right. And, and that's really what it's all about. Um, a couple of things that I want to talk about with, with the kettlebell snatch is, um, you know, I think over gripping is, is a, a, a big mistake that people make. And, you know, we've talked at length about various grips, but, um, you know, there are a few different ways to grip the kettlebell, but understanding how to make that dance between the palm of your hand and sliding it over the calluses into the hook of your fingers and learning when, when to grip and how to slide that kettlebell, um, back and forth within the hand. And it takes a lot of finger and grip strength, but, um, what it does though, is if you can pair that movement of moving that, that handle back and forth, um, without over gripping, you're going to save your hands because one of the biggest issues people have, and we see this at certifications, we it's actually, I feel like it's gotten better um, with, with people's hands, but you know, people put it in the palm of their hands and they'll just grip the hell out of it. And then as they start to get tired, that kettlebell is going to migrate over those calluses and rip the hell out of them. And then it eventually lands into the, to the hook, but they've taken off layers of skin at the same time. And, uh, listen, if you've been training with kettlebells, you're going to have some calluses and, and you're going to have, you know, a couple marks on your hand, but Going through a kettlebell workout and having your hands torn up and bleeding is not a badge of honor. It's just, it's a lack of technique. And, you know, if you're going and you're doing, you know, a snatch test or you're trying to do a secret service snatch test, you're going to probably get um, a little bit dinged up at the beginning. Yes. But, you know, I can, I've done hundreds of snatches in a training session. My hands look perfect, but it's because I've, I've gotten terribly efficient at moving the kettlebell and um, you can easily over grip and, we can talk about overgripping. We can give you cues on do this, don't do that, but you have to just get the reps in and learn. And it, when I say experiment, not just blindly experiment, but it's going to take a little bit of time to, to dial things in. And that's why we practice. 
because if you practice with intent and you have deliberate practice, you will acquire a skill and you'll get a training effect. And that's really, that's where the magic happens. And it's, uh, it's just one of those things where you, there, you can't shortcut it, right? You can't, you know, just hack your way through trying to learn these, these skills that take quite some time. Um, so I think that's, that's one thing. And you talked about the, the speed of the snatch, right? So many people, because they're, they're practicing to get ready for the snatch test, they have this cadence that is so, so fast that they never truly land overhead. They actually bring the kettlebell up, they shoot their head forward, and it appears like the kettlebell's going overhead, but it's not even close to getting into that true stacked position. And uh, people miss on that sort of mobility component that can be solidified through getting a kettlebell stacked over the structure of your body and not just the load or not just the shoulder hanging on for dear life. That was a lot. Sorry. <laughs> I know. Um, so rewinding a little bit to the grip, uh, there are really two options. There is a deep grip technique that uh, secures the bell further down in the palm uh, where you don't try to skip the calluses on the way up, on the way down. Uh, you you kind of have this flick into a little bit of a gooseneck neck mm -hmm. and a deep grip uh, that secures the bell. Um, now you're going to get calluses in different places, but um, the securing it in the deep grip means you don't have to learn how to skip the calluses. Um, we've had very successful people on both ends of that spectrum. Mm -hmm. uh, you can look at a Derek Toshner uh, who's done some things um, snatch performance wise. I've never done. Um, you know, and you can look at Tim Almond and some other folks that have kind of used this deeper grip te technique, um, talk with your strong first instructor and, and get some education on both of those options. Mm -hmm. Um, you're going to find one that works better for you. Um, start with low reps. You don't, nobody said you had to snatch test tomorrow. Um, I enjoy doing sets of three to five reps, um, and switching hands <clears throat> between sets. And uh, when you give yourself the chance to learn the snatch at a low rep pace, um, you're going to develop the skin tolerance and technique as you begin to do higher rep sets. Also be smart. And if you feel a hot spot coming on, stop. I, are you stop getting that. paid? <laughs> are yes, you getting I, paid to do the next snatch? We get paid Unless by you're the getting... reps. You didn't know that? Yeah. You don't. If, wait if a minute. Hold on. You don't get paid by I, reps? Dude, I'd be retired by now if I was getting paid <laughs> by the reps. You'd be the Warren Buffett of kettlebells. <laughs> exactly. So, you know, be smart. Stop. Um, now, you'll get surprised every now and then. I've I've had it happen where I'm just, you know, motoring along with some swings or snatches, and then all of a sudden something opens up, and I'm like, where'd that come from? It, it happens every now and then. But far more frequent is the, oh, I feel that hot spot, but I'm just going to keep going. Well, you're going to change your technique, which is just going to be bad reps, and you're going to eventually open that up, which is going to mean you're not snatching for days or weeks, depending on how, how severely you open up. So just be smart. Stop. Um, count the rep at the top. So place it overhead and say one, then drop and return. Two, drop and return. Three, don't get obsessed with RPMs, reps per minute it's focus on the quality of each rep, especially while you're learning. 
as you progress towards something like the snatch test, you can pick up the cadence. But if you learned, if you tried to sprint from the beginning, it's, it's harder to, to dial that back uh, on yourself. So just make sure that you're being smart. Um, I am a huge fan right now of the half snatch where you pop it overhead, pull it to the rack, and then you snatch again from the drop of the clean. Um, fantastic drill. Takes care of, again, a lot of problems. You do that in front of a curtain, it's going to take care of a lot of your problems with the arc and, and things like that. The reverse half snatch, where you clean, press, drop from the top, back into another clean. Press, drop from the top, back into another clean. And the reason I love this is so many of the conversations or things you try to describe to somebody in the drop are taken care of because you have to actually control the drop and turn it back into a clean. So your, your control of absorbing that drop and turning it back into a clean, instead of using that load to pop it into another snatch, you learn a lot about the drop. And then when you put those two things together, half snatch and reverse half snatch, and you just snatch, you bring those skills with you. So uh, to your point earlier of, of, you know, instruction and needing to zip it and control the variables. You know, my job as a coach is to not only spot what needs to be or areas of opportunity um, to keep it in the positive for all the people listening. When I look at somebody, I look for areas of opportunity to improve their form and technique. Um, my job then is to constrain the variables and place them in a position to where they can learn, to where they will feel the thing either that I don't want them doing, magnify the mistake so they become aware of it so they can fix it, or I constrain the variables so that the right thing happens. And so that is my job as a coach, talking people to death. Now, I was referencing uh, on a call today, um, the words when teaching the jerk, the words second dip no longer come out of my mouth. Because as soon as I mention the words, hey, be sure you, you know, we want you to have that second dip in there. I'm on a six month journey to teach <laughs> that person how to do the jerk. Yeah. Right. But if I can just have them mirror me and I don't even have to say a word and I can get them to embrace that movement, um, we're way better off. And so um, at a certain point, um, you know, it is we are teaching a very practical art. And uh, as Dr. Ed Thomas, to your point of practice and things like that, Dr. Ed Thomas always said, I never went to the gym to work out. I went to the gym to learn. I got sweaty. I got tired. I got fit. But it was in the process of learning. And if we all approached our training from that standpoint, I'm, I'm actually sitting here waiting for us to finish this podcast so I can go grab my bells and do a session uh, because I'm excited to get into a little double bell uh, iron cardio today. And, um, I'm looking forward to practicing my clean and, uh, yeah. So, but back to snatching. <laughs> hey, do you like to double clean <laughs> the cheat clean rather? Do. do you like the cheat clean? Um, I do, I do. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a big fan, big fan of those. Um, well, you know, I think we're going to, we're going to leave it at that because, uh, that was an excellent outro and, and guys, listen, um, Brett's been doing this a really long time. I learned from him, um, quite often and I've learned for other, you know, learned from several other instructors in, in the strong first community. So, um, you know, there's a lot of content out there and, uh, 
you know, really the goal should be to, to figure out what those basic standards are to make sure that everything's dialed in. And then um, there can be some nuanced specificity based off of your, your current, you know, uh, anthropometry, um, you know, it could be mobility, et cetera. But um, it's one of those things, you know, follow the rules for a while. And then once you own the rules, if you want to break them, quote unquote, break them. And when I say break them, I'm not saying go do a bunch of silly things. But if you want to take that that rule set and that skill set and, and make it a little bit more individual based off of your goals, et cetera, I think that's uh, that's something perfectly fine to do. And, and you can play with both. You can play with a bunch of different techniques um, and determine what's going to work for you. But remember, these are all based off of principles. And as long as the principles are there, we're good to go. So uh, I'm, any... I'm, I'm, I'm going to throw one more thing in. Dang it, Brett. I was going to do the outro. No, I was hoping that you were going to give me one more chance. Uh, clean. Patience. 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 Be patient enough to keep the arm against the body as long as possible and let the hips finish. Let that power do its work, whether you're talking about the clean or the snatch. Have the patience to wait on the drop so that the arm reconnects. Have the patience to build your skill over time. Have the patience to count the rep at the top. Have the patience to stop a set if you start to feel a hot spot. Most of your problems will come from not having practiced the, the art and the virtue of patience. That's it. Do you want to say anything about uh, Three Amigos or the double or the sheet clean? Are you good? Uh, just one the, more, one more movie line. Let's hear it. <laughs> uh, oh, you um, can't do it on the spot. Let's I go. I can't Jones. do it on. The, it's it's got to be natural. It's gonna be. It's, hold on. Um, okay, it, we're just, it's just gonna be forced now. Um, all right, listen, yeah. guys, we appreciate it. Um, Expect the unexpected. Yes. Roadhouse. Roadhouse, Roadhouse rules. Oh, we'll talk about the the new supposed new roadhouse with conor mcgregor at some no. point no i know i'm no. with you we're I know. never going to talk about it we're never we're gonna, i'm never going to see it we're, or we're talk gonna about see, it we're gonna see it together and get some popcorn and you're gonna like it. <laughs> um <laughs> all right anyways I believe they're gonna i know it shouldn't be him it shouldn't be him. and jake gyllenhaal i mean listen I, i'm a big fan but like come on he's just you can't you it's patrick swayze man he just you just can't yeah. anyways uh yeah thank you guys for listening we appreciate it. Um, I'm totally lost right now. But listen, if you enjoyed this podcast, do us a huge favor and give us a positive review on whatever platform that you are listening. And uh, we appreciate you guys. And we'll see you on the next episode. Thanks, Mike. Thanks, everybody. Hey, friends. Thanks so much for listening. If you enjoyed this podcast, we're going to ask you for a favor. Please leave us some positive reviews. Be sure to subscribe and share with your friends, family, and colleagues. Thanks again for listening to the Minimum Effective Dose Podcast.